if you go to the refrigerator, you might open it up and see some cheese and realize, oh, it's got mold on it. Now, it didn't get to the point where it has mold overnight. That was happening slowly. You just didn't see it happening. The same thing happens with a relationship. This week, what makes a marriage work? Dr. Karen Sherman knows, and she's ready to tell you. Stay tuned. Are you a marriage expert looking to reach more couples? Now you can get listed on Hitch for just $1. Our listings appear throughout the website right next to the articles that are read by hundreds of thousands of married folks. You get to post a small image, a short description, and most importantly, a link back to your site. Visit hitchedmag.com, click the directory link, and get listed today for just $1. We're on top of the world Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined with uh, the original practicing psychologist, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. It's always good to talk with you. It's always great to have you on. Uh, we have – it's so funny. I sent you um, <laughs> the topic today, uh, and I was like, oh, this is an easy podcast. Uh, what makes a marriage last? Yeah, of course, it's so easy. Everybody does it, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, this is, it's so funny because you hear people all the time talk about, oh, marriage is such hard work and all this stuff. And then, yeah, it can be if you neglect it, but it could be really pretty easy if you just pay attention to it. Um, well, you just answered the first question, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. I jumped ahead of myself. Okay, so, um, I will get to that first question. Um, well, I want to I want to throw this in here really quick because um, I know we got a lot of listeners who, if if you uh, aren't a regular subscriber and you tuned into this one, you're probably looking for some immediate advice. And I just want to point out that you launched a new program called Make Your Marriage Work, and you can get more information at makeyourmarriageworknow.com, which is packed with full a bunch of information. You tackle individual topics every month. Uh, there's a teleconference call with you where they can act, ask you specifically your questions. Um, and by the way, Steve, I want to just say that that's anonymous. Um, when people get on the line, I don't address them by their name. So I know a lot of people might feel funny about, you know, speaking about their problems, but it's not where they identify themselves. Oh, that's, that is a really good to know. Okay. So, uh, again, that's make your marriage work com, and you can, uh, we'll give that information at the end of the podcast. Uh, but I know you guys are dying to know what makes a marriage last. Uh, so if you could identify one thing, and I've already kind of like hinted at this one, uh, <laughs> what would be at the top of your list, Karen? At the top of my list is make sure you pay attention to it because if you don't pay attention to your relationship, there's no relationship. Uh, you know, I, it's funny, Steve. I was just for another reason, not that I'm so egocentric that I want to read my books all the time, but for another reason, I went back to the book that I wrote, uh, that I co-authored, Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And um, 
you know, that's basically a major premise that I try to tell folks all the time, because the reality is that once you make a commitment to somebody, life gets in the way. It's not something we plan. It's not intentional. It's not something we do because we don't care about our partner, but we sort of say, well, you know, I know my partner's there. We've made a commitment to each other. And so we really pay attention to those other things. And you can do that once in a while. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're in a relationship with somebody who cares about you, they're going to understand that there are times when other things have to come, you know, into your priority. But if you do that over and over and over again, then, you know, again, there's not going to be a relationship to come back to. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what else is on that list besides just paying attention to it? Okay, so the number one factor that really, really is crucial in a relationship is having respect for each other. And basically what that means is that you honor your, your mate, you um, don't put them down, you um, are non-judgmental. doesn't mean that you have to agree with what they're saying or doing. There's certainly room for differences, and we can get to that in a little bit. But in your, uh, even in your disagreements, even in your arguments and your conflicts, it can still be done in a respectful way. You're not putting the other person down. Um, and so it, that goes across the spectrum from conflicts all the way through to having different interests that you're sharing with each other and being supportive of who your partner is rather than attempting to change them to who you would like them to be. Mm. That, it, it's funny because I, you know, I love my sports analogies and so I always bring things back to sports. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I think about in this scenario is almost like you guys are both uh, your, your own quarterbacks and that if you've ever played football, uh, you know that um, it's all about protecting the quarterback. It, it's, it doesn't matter um, if they've thrown a bad pass. You come to their defense. Uh, you are the one that's sticking up for them all the time. And you respect their game at all times. I love that analogy. You know, um, I'm very impressed with a friend that I have that when we tease her husband a little bit, she comes immediately to her defense. Now, I don't know what happens when they go home. She may say something to him, but publicly, she is his number one defender. So I love the analogy. Have you seen um, the show on Netflix, House of Cards? You know, I haven't. And my husband and I, and you're going to love this, have a date this Saturday night because for various reasons, other plans fell through that we are going to rent next Netflix and watch the first season of it. Ah, oh, so great. So I, I bring this up and this is not a spoiler, but one of the things that I, you know, pay attention to this and you really see it throughout the, it, it just uh, launched their second season on uh, a couple weeks ago. One of the things that you see throughout the series is how the the two main protagonists of the show are on the same team mm. all the time mm -hmm. all the time they are despicable people but mm -hmm. they are they have each other's back yeah and and that's something as weird as it may sound after you've seen the show uh it it's a bit of a role model for how you could and should treat your spouse 
Excellent. Well, then I'll really look forward to watching it. Not only will it be fun, but I'll get some relationship tips. Yeah, they're not perfect. I want to throw that out there. I'm not advocating their specific relationship, but there are some things to learn. So I, I just very much enjoyed that when I was watching the show, aside from all the scandalous things that take place. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what is something that gets uh, overlooked in making a marriage last? I, you know... For people who listen to our podcast regularly, they're going to say, oh, there she goes again. But what gets overlooked is the need to be checking in with each other. Because what happens is that relationships have ups and downs. And first of all, let me say that a lot of you may not realize that that is a natural course of a relationship. It's not going to be all pie in the sky, you know, oogly googly stuff that you had in the beginning. It is really very natural. So the first time it happens, it's a bit of a freak out because you think, oh my God, I'm not in love with this person anymore. You know, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. It is just like people have good days and bad days. So do relationships. And so don't decide like, okay, I got to get out of here. All right. That being said, How do you keep your relationship from slowly, slowly eroding? If you go to the refrigerator, you might open it up and see some cheese and realize, oh, it's got mold on it. Now, it didn't get to the point where it has mold overnight. Mm. That was happening slowly. You just didn't see it happening. The same thing happens with a relationship. You don't necessarily see the day-by-day, week-by-week sense of disconnection. But then all of a sudden, one day, one of you wakes up and feels like, oh, you know, this relationship isn't satisfying me anymore. I'm not happy. And unfortunately, what happens that makes it even worse is that you rewrite history and you start to look back and say, oh, you know, I wasn't happy here. I wasn't happy there. My mate hasn't been doing this etc, etc. Well, the remedy for that is to just be checking in with each other on a fairly regular basis, whatever that is for you, a week, every two weeks, every month. Now, in, in our case, my husband and I, since I tend to be very sensitive to that, and because I'm the one that sort of is, you know, supposed to be responsible for the relationship, given my job, I can pick up when things are not right between us. So I will say to him, it feels like our energy is a little off. You know, let's let's sort of take a look at what's going on. And he accepts that. You know, that's what we've worked out between us. And then, you know, we sort of look at it. We look at the things that, you know, we like. And we look at what needs improvement. And then we get back on course, knowing that likely it may go back off course again. But that way, it you know, we stay on top of it. It doesn't ever get to the point where it's so off track that it makes it irreparable. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're doing is you're spotting that little mold spot and you're scraping it off. That's correct. Yeah. I, I love that we've tackled my two favorite things in the world, which is food and sports uh, <laughs> in our analogies this week. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, the other thing that you pointed out that you – I mean, we've talked about this in the past, but I want to highlight it, which is you – We've talked about how people rewrite their their history when things aren't going well, and I want to. I just wanted to point that out that uh, when we are feeling down on our spouse, it's very easy to fall in that trap of looking at just the bad things that annoyed us or just the things that uh, we were unsatisfied with, as opposed to all the good things in between. So just be. 
be cautious of that and aware that that takes place. And yes, and, and whatever it is we look at, whatever it is we focus on, is what's going to get larger. So if you start concentrating on the bad things, you're going to find a lot more bad things. Yeah. If instead you can step back, take a breath, sort of say to yourself, okay, you know, I'm having a bad day or I'm just not feeling great about this person right now, that will help. What will help even more is if you say to yourself, okay, let me try to think about, you know, some of the good memories. Let me think about some of the things where my spouse did something that I really enjoyed or where I really appreciated him or her. Because now what you're doing is you're shifting your thoughts. You're focusing on something positive. And again, whatever you focus on will grow. So that will start to focus on. Please remember two important things. That this, um, when we say rewrite history... What we're talking about here is a filtering system so that it is your perception that is getting changed. It has nothing to do with the person. It's your perception. Everybody has negative traits. And not only that, but the very same negative trait can be a positive trait. So a quick example is if you've married somebody who takes charge, that can be very, very useful at certain points. And then at other times, you can see it as very annoying and very controlling. So that's the good side, you know, upside down side. The other thing, again, is it's your perception. So I often say, and this is the truth, I think my husband's a really good looking man. But when I'm upset with him, he's really not attractive. Now, nothing in his face has changed. Mm -hmm. It's purely my perception. Okay, so that was point number one, that rewriting history is your perception. The other thing is that when I say change your focus, change your thoughts, Each one of us has the ability to change the way we think. So I want to give people a really quick little exercise. Right now, think about something pleasant. Okay, and I'm going to give you a moment. Think about something pleasant. And as you're thinking about something pleasant, I want you to notice your bodies. Okay, Okay, now, now switch and think about something negative. Okay, have you got something negative, Steve? Got it. Okay, now, again, notice how your body feels. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, I don't want to leave you negative. Switch back to something positive. It can either be the first thing you thought of or anything else. Okay. Okay, again, notice your body. Yeah. Okay, now, first of all, can you tell me the difference in the sensations that you felt in your body when it was positive and when it was negative? Um, I would just say for me, uh, negative thought, uh, brought in like a tenseness. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're not unique. That's pretty much the experience most people are going to have. Now, here's the second thing. Were you able to switch from a positive thought to a negative thought back to a positive thought? Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the exercise. We control our thoughts. Now, obviously, if it's emotionally driven, it's going to be a little bit harder. I'd rather be upfront about this with people so that they know it, but it can still be done. These are your thoughts. You can control them. Yeah, that's a good point because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, a, in a good place right now, so it's easy for me to switch back and forth. But if you are, like, really amped up, it's hard to just, like, dump things that are really bothering you and switch, mm-hmm. switch states of mind. Right. Um, I want to move on a little a little bit here, Karen. Is what would you say, if anything, people pay too much attention to in your experience in an effort to get their marriage going? 
Yeah, I think that people worry too much about do we like the same things? Um, you know, do we have the same interests? It's important to have the same values, like, you know, um, how are we going to raise the children? Um, for some people, if religion is important to them, may not be. But if you, if religion is important to you, you know, do you have the same religion? The core values. But I think that worrying about do we like doing the same things is not important. As a matter of fact, Dr. Gottman, who is the leading researcher in this love field, has found that happy couples are not compatible, not compatible 68% of the time. Mm -hmm. That is not what's going to make you happy. What will make you happy is an acceptance, a respect of your partner's likes, showing an interest, you know, um, and again, being willing to support it. But you don't have to like the same things. Got it. it I, I love that. Um pointing that out because my wife and I, I know specifically, we have tons of different interests. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the other things that I think makes it good that we don't have the same interests is uh, it, it's new when we do start to get engaged with those separate interests. Absolutely. Um, be, because it's, I know, uh, for example, she's a humongous gymnastics fan. And I, you know, when I first met her, I knew nothing about gymnastics. Um, and now when I show just like the faintest amount of knowledge, uh, she gets really excited about that. Right, right. And, and, you know, it allows to have a conversation from your different experiences. And we know that novelty is going to help your relationship. So it's good on a lot of different levels, really. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there something that you have discovered over the years from either your marriage or others that have come into your practice or that you've come in contact uh, with you that you think would be beneficial to others? I think if I had to give one lesson, it would be that you, um, well, two things. First of all, you don't bail out when things are rough. And, you know, I can speak quite honestly and tell you that my marriage went through very rough times. Um, my husband makes a joke, but it's not a joke. And, it, and it's really a very um, important statement. My husband and I have been married 38 years and he'll joke and he'll say, and 25 were good. But the truth of the matter is there were several years that were not so great. You know, things always look better on the other side, the grass, you know, on the other side. And when you cross over and you look at the grass, then there's brown spots there also. Yeah. Um, and if you don't learn the tools that you need for this relationship, then there's nothing magical about a new person that's going to say, oh, okay, now, you know, it's going to be better with this person. So you need to know how to have a good relationship. Now, that's not to say that every marriage can be worked out. I don't want to be that, you know, uh, grandiose about it. There are times that marriages should end, but don't bail out just because you're having rough times. So that's number one. And the other thing that my husband and I have learned is that as you get older, not everything is a big deal. There are some arguments we're having or some disagreements we're having that are the same disagreements we had 25 years ago, except we laugh about them now because we realize, and I think maybe this comes with age, that you realize that really in the perspective of life, it's just not important. You know, you let it go. You know, you get annoyed, but then you let it go. It's just not a big deal. So humor is a wonderful stress buster in general and certainly in your marriage. That's uh that's wisdom right there. And I I've I've picked up on that um recently as well that there's certain things that you know what 
I could do one of two things. I could argue my point as to why my wife is doing something wrong in my eyes, or I could just accept that's the way she does it and move Mm -hmm. on. And that's it. Right. And that works. It's so funny. Like how few, um, how few arguments we have about things that we probably would have argued about years ago. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, Oh, there she goes again, doing the thing. Uh, I do it this way. She does it that way. There's no right or wrong. You know, we both might have our opinions on that. Right. But it's when it, when all is said and done, it's, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal at all. Yeah. Well, you're ahead of the game. So good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I think we've given people quite a few tips on how to make their marriage last this week, Karen. Um, so I want to thank you very much for your time and for your expertise and advice as always. So thank you very much. Thank you. And before you guys log off, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. As we mentioned at the top, she has a new program out uh, that will help uh, make your marriage last. It is MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. You can sign up right now. Go to the website. It is only $9.99 per month. It's a ongoing membership. Uh, as Karen mentioned, you when you call in for the teleconference where you get to actually ask her your specific questions, it's anonymous. So you're not outing yourself and people on the other end of the line aren't going to know who you are when you get help. Um, and this is a very affordable way uh, to get professional expertise from someone who's been doing this for just a couple decades. No big deal. Uh, the author of several best-selling books. No big deal. Uh, so be sure to check that out. MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. Um, of course, you can get all this information on our website, HitchedMag.com. Uh, we are on all of those social networks, as is Karen, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Pinterest, uh, Instagram. Uh, you name it, we are there. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you have any questions, please hit that email button on our podcast page. Uh, if you like what you've listened to uh, this week or any of the uh, past episodes, uh, please give us a little rating on the uh on the uh, podcast networks, uh, Stitcher and iTunes, um, or leave a comment. We love to hear what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you might want to hear about. Uh, so let us know. Um, but for now, that's going to do it. So thank you one last time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. All right, have a great week, everybody. Take care. <laughs>